Hey, what's up? Today we're talking about Lawnmower Man, the short story by Stephen King that was used as the basis for the Lawnmower Man film uh, that we had covered in our second season. And we got C.B. Smith back to talk about it. So why don't we go book to the movie? How you doing, CB? It's been a while. It feels like a while. I just got back from a uh, deployment. I can't say where exactly, but I'm just happy to be able to grow a beard again. (laughs) (laughs) Before I got on deployment, I was having an inkling to do a episode on my YouTube channel, a show called Taking a Page. I was going to do an episode on Children of the Corn, which is part of a short story collection called Night Shift, obviously by Stephen King. Um, That went off the wayside when i got the the news i was going out so um i was reading it still and i found lawnmower man on here and i was reading it and i remember you guys did an episode for movie dumpster way back what in the first season the first episode of the second season okay so just about two years ago in two months which is just wild in retrospect yeah that's insane to me and by the way um just real quick it it, i'm with you and sean's with you here and of course cb's with us um connor was unfortunately not able to make this episode um we will miss you connor (laughs) due to some personal issues so his skin keeps falling off we talk about it yeah if you listen to that double dragon episode i hope he's doing okay we'll get some super glue for him for its skin It'll be all right. We got to get him that puzzle box, man. <laughs> or, uh, you know, bring bring some uh, unsuspecting uh, uh, marks to the house so he could, so Uncle, you know, he could suck him like Uncle Frank. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be dodging pinhead left and right. He's he's definitely got sights to show him. Yeah. Now I'm looking over at my copy of the Hellbound Heart, which became uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, man. We might be doing some Hellraiser later in the year. Maybe that'll finally give us an excuse just to cover it for the fuck of it. Oh, that sounds like a that sounds like a good one. I would love to do that. It does sound good. Um, so, uh, Lawnmower Man, a nine-page short story originally published in a magazine called Cavier in the 70s, among with many others, became part of the Night Shift short story collection, which I think was King's first short story collection. Uh, a bunch of other shorts here were published in other magazines, mostly Caviar, uh, I'm sorry, Cavalier, including Main Magazine, Penthouse, and cosmopolitan of all things like can you imagine that opening up a magazine of cosmopolitan and see a stephen king short in there <laughs> now, well, this is before he he broke am i right or wrong yes this is after um i got a, like a first edition copy of night shift and they care and they um they show like from the author of bestsellers carrie and salem's lot so this is like his third or fourth book he ever published gotcha yeah uh, and in the collection, you do have a couple Salem's Lot stories, a prequel, which I did not very much like. There's a lot of, like, H.P. Lovecraft ripoffs in there. Oh. Uh, then there was a sequel that was really good in the short story collection here. I think I mentioned before we started recording, Children of the Corn is in here. It's, like, the most famous uh, short story in this collection. Sometimes they come back. Uh, Linda Hamilton's original Dark Fate. She escaped it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Courtney Gaines uh, going after her with Jonathan Franklin. That dragon came out of nowhere (laughs) and fucking just started eating people. (laughs) Stupid. Things in the corn, dude. And, of course, uh, what we're here today for is the Lawnmower Man. Yes. A surprisingly very rich history behind this one. Um, 
you can actually find an audiobook version uh, on YouTube for free. It's about a half hour long, so it's not too bad. Um, I know from listening to your episode, watching the movie myself last year, there's like nothing, nothing to uh, the short story in the movie. Yeah. If you go back to that episode, uh, we cover the fact that like King wanted his name removed from the movie. At, at like all costs because it just had nothing it wasn't his story like at all um i'm not even really sure why the fuck they called it the lawnmower man i think it might be like riding on the coattails of king um when did the movie come out in the 90s uh 93 93 so that was uh, about three years after the it miniseries and there was like a big boom of stephen king adaptations of the 90s mm-hmm. so that might be one of the reasons why like oh it's another stephen king story Sure, easy, uh, easy watch or easy uh, uh, five bucks to go see it or whatever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I will say though, I don't think we're gonna really recover a lot of this ground, but I did rewatch it. I was gonna watch the theatrical because if you listen back to that uh, Lawnmower Man episode uh, at the end, I'm talking about ah, you know, maybe I'll go back to it in five years and watch the theatrical cut. Little did I know, I'd be coming back to it in two and said, you know what? I need a little Cybo Man in my life. <laughs> Uh, and so I watched the two-hour and 20-minute cut again. And, uh, hey, those effects... I got the Blu-ray, by the way. Oh, yeah. Looks way better than whatever I watched previously. And, uh, you know, those uh, CGI effects still look like dog shit, but the rest <laughs> of the movie I'm kind of okay with. I got to tell you something. With You know, you have to watch that director's cut, right? Oh, yeah. I just want to reinforce that because you need that Cybo Man story or else, you know, it really doesn't make too much sense. I wonder if Connor has seen it yet. He's had a few years. Let's see if he has gone back to it. It's a much more enjoyable experience for sure. I have yet to see the director's cut. Um, So Cybo Man is still very much like, I hear you guys talk about him like, oh, it's got to be good. (laughs) He's coming back in a big way, dude. We got to finally do that t-shirt and everything. Oh, my God. We were just, uh, yeah, put a pin on that. Yeah. So as Sean said, you know, the movie has literally nothing to do with uh, the novella, the short story. Um, Literally like one scene, kinda. I'll tell you what the one scene is, and it's when he's driving the lawnmower with his mind. And that's it. That's where it begins and ends. Well, there's the part, I mean, I don't want to like step over the whole explanation of the story, but it's the part when he kills the, the abusive dad neighbor with the big red. Um, I don't think that's a part of the short story is it cb it is definitely not there there is a scene where he does murder a person um with the lawnmower and there's a line from the cops in the movie i believe about how some part of him is in the birdbath other than that it is completely 100 percent a different movie okay so because of that you know if you want a breakdown of the film version of the lawnmower man definitely check out uh season two episode one of movie dumpster uh to get your fill um on that because it's like comparing apples to oranges <laughs> at this point. So really, this this is CB is going to take the stage here and learn us a little bit about uh, the short story. Well, I guess the 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 one like major thematic difference between the movie and the short story is that like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the movie is basically like this idea of like uh, kind of man's hubris of like dealing with uh, a creation he doesn't really understand in the ter- in, in the form of like he has this uh, gardener being experimented on not realizing that he has no control over this person anymore and he becomes like more powerful kind of like uh, 
like a suburban Frankenstein. Yeah, yes. exactly. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say that it's like sci-fi Frankenstein. Now there are there are occult elements, but they're very very thin, um, and literally in like a you blink and you miss it kind of way, um, where where you know Doctor Angelo Pierce Brosnan has uh job uh uh jeff fahey in this machine where he he gives him this uh this drug and between the drug and like this computer program makes him like super smart or whatever and create you know again creates like a a frankenstein if you will there's also like this evil corporation we kept joking it was the umbrella Corps from resident evil yeah (laughs) it's basically job already gets super smart and it's kind of like dr angelo tries to like back off on the project but then the uh, umbrella corp people like switch the serum to like this more aggressive strain and then job goes insane but then he also gains telepathy and you know it, it gets wackier and wackier as the movie goes on he transcends the, the the human form basically and uh a lot of that a lot of that input that's put into his brain has these flashes of these weird occult symbols and stuff and i don't know if that was a nod to the 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 stuff in the short story uh or just because they thought it was weird or whatever but anyway well uh throughout the the book that like the other short stories are in the collection. There is a bunch of um, callbacks to mostly H.P. Lovecraft. The the Necronomicon appears in one story. Right. Um, some Cthulhu monsters appear in another. Um, with the Lawnmower Man and the other short stories as a theme or as like a story setup, it's characters finding themselves in situations that they were not prepared for or don't understand. Um, for the Lawnmower Man, it begins with Harold park it uh harold uh uh he's uh first thing we know about him is he's a big red sox fan uh that's a big thing for king too he loves baseball he sure does he hires a kid to mow his lawn all the time uh there was unfortunately a situation where a dog chased a cat into the lawnmower and he was trying to keep it because he's a bit of a cheapskate he's like well you know just clean off the blood or whatever uh, but then his wife is like completely traumatized over the whole experience um, watching like the neighbor's cat get killed by this lawnmower. Um, and so Harold figures like, okay, if I sell the lawnmower, I can get laid again by my wife. That's, that's how that works. Right. <laughs> Classy guy. Oh, he's yep. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're Pierce Brosnan, you just got to take your wife to the city and to get laid, but he just won't do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he lets his lawn go. Um, he, when he tries to hire the kid again, turns out he's in college and he's like, where did my life go? Uh, so he finds a ad in the newspaper. It says lawns mode, period, reasonable, period. And then there's a phone number. That's, uh, it's not a lot of info there for, for an advertisement. Well, he sounds like a fucking cheapskate anyway. So he's like, yeah, okay. He he does. He does. Uh, There's a there's a cutaway in the short story about how he tried uh, working the stock market, believing that like uh, he, he very much believes in like this idea of like uh, making money, saving money. But he doesn't understand the stock market. He just kind of worships it as if it's a demigod, according to the book. Gotcha. So he hires a guy and he comes up. Um, he comes uh, to the house. He opens the door and comes like this very like big Bubba looking guy, uh, overalls, giant pot belly. And he's like very like, um, he's very folksy, but like, Hey buddy, you're here to mow your lawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I guess this is the guy from the ad, right? This is the guy from the ad, or he's one of the workers for the ad. Cause there's this, uh, Harold 
doesn't he, he he thinks it's weird that like oh lawnmower people they they now hire those companies of it what i thought it was just kids mowing lawns it's like yeah yeah those are landscapers they're real people harold yeah right. <laughs> i i was a landscaper for one day the guy was a horrible businessman but i've seen better ones out there uh i used to be a landscaper for uh, a cemetery Oh, for a few years, yeah, of my uh, of my teenage life while going to school. That's pretty good. Yeah, damn government. <laughs> good on you, Joe, making those uh, making those uh, gravesites look nice. Oh yeah, that's real good. Very meticulous. I uh, I had to bring my own hedge clippers because the guy didn't own any. <laughs> <laughs> what? I got a landscaping business, but you know, bring your own tools. I take the money, you do it or whatever. That was pretty much it. It was horrible. It's why it only lasted a day. Ugh. Unlike this one, which apparently like they made an ad and everything, he brings his own lawnmower. Harold just kind of lets him go, sits down, has a nap, drinks a beer, watches more Red Sox, complains about the Red Sox. I'm not a big baseball guy, so I don't really know um, the terminologies they were using. But the point is, Harold wakes up, uh, <laughs> and he goes into the backyard, and he sees the lawnmower moving on his own, much like the movie. Mm-hmm. But the driver, the the lawnmower man, he is naked <laughs> and is behind the lawnmower on his hands and knees eating the grass oh it's disturbing that imagery very uh very interesting so it's not like a sexy shirtless jeff Fahey with like a ripped body <laughs> no no it's like a big giant pot belly in the books described it looked like he swallowed a basketball oh man so charnetsky's out there derobed <laughs> <laughs> hey hey buddy your grass is not fried what's the deal <laughs> That chunky lawn? Yeah! Give me some of GVD sauce to put on this. Uh, it's kind of dry. Alright, so he's eating the grass, and Harold is trying to stop him, and then a mole comes out from the ground and tries to run away, but the lawnmower follows it by itself, runs over the mole, and then, then goes the lawnmower man eating that, causing Harold to faint. I would probably faint too to be perfectly honest if that's what i saw happen in my fucking backyard this is the movie that i want i want this short story in like a short film i would love to revisit this and and do something like this because this is fucking bizarre and it only it only gets crazier i know that (laughs) yeah joe you you read the short story uh, a couple years ago right uh, I used to be a photo technician and um, like he's developed people's film and shit that brought him in from uh, disposable cameras and stuff. So I had a lot of time between things. So what I would do is I'd go to the paperback section of like the drugstore and just grab everything I could. And at that point, there were still there were still healthy amounts of Stephen King and John Skip and shit. And um, I remember reading <laughs> this short story because I was like, oh, the lawnmower man. OK. And I uh, I never read the short story and I was fucking blown away and I thought it was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I was uh, I was very much um, surprised by pretty much most of the short stories in this collection because a lot of them were really short, unlike what you think of King, where like his short stories are themselves novellas. Yes. Um, so we're like already halfway done with this uh, story um, a couple things that were kind of putting off uh, Harold before the whole naked eating grass thing was that the lawnmower man would talk about um, praising Cersei um, and my my Greek mythology is, is pretty weak um, versus like my other readings um, Cersei was in the Odyssey I think she was like an enchantress um, she turned 
Odysseus? Is that him? For the Odyssey, yeah. It's Odysseus. Yeah. He turned Odysseus's men into like pigs. Oh, right. And then uh, Odysseus, he he had some kind of plant that kept him from being transformed. And there was like some kind of deal where like they stayed on the island for a year. Yeah, he had a, he had a little reefer, man. He was hitting that bong. <laughs> he was high as hell. It didn't work on him. I think it was called Molly. So he actually took a hit of Molly. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. He's popping pills. Yeah, you fucking crush up that Molly, take a fucking rip out of that bong. Keeps you from turning into a pig man. He had a little ambrosia, you know? <laughs> little sweet blend, if you will, and put a little grass in there, too. Uh, instead of eating the grass? Yeah. Well, maybe he was eating the grass anyway. Yeah, maybe. So, Harold, Harold faints, uh, and he wakes up, has like a little dream sequence where he thinks it's his wife waking him up because he's just like a terrible dream. But instead, he just gets like a face full of lawnmower man with like grass in his teeth and like grass stains all over his face. And again, like he's talking to him very like nonchalant. Be like, oh, hey, buddy, you fainted. You everything all right? Yeah. And it's like he's he's still naked and covered in grass stains and everything. Could you imagine this large man standing over you Buck ass fucking naked, eat with grass shit in his teeth, all that green shit around his mouth and stuff. Hey, y'all, y'all right there or what? Again, just picture Charnetsky because you, we, everyone pretty much knows what he looks like and he's disgusting. So instead of chewing on chicken, he's chewing on grass. Imagine what he smells like. Hey, you fainted. You, you gonna drink the rest of that Bud Light or what? I imagine he smells like fresh cut grass. Ah, uh, yeah, and he probably smells like chicken grease and farts. Ugh. He's all sweaty and greasy too, right? Yeah, I think so. It's just, uh, it, it's very weird to me because at this point, Harold is like, oh my God, the neighbors are going to see me. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> right with this large guy, this large man over him. Like I was fixing a house one time that was abandoned for years and was a, a hoarder's house for decades. And as I'm cleaning up, I had someone in the in the neighborhood call the cops on me as I'm cleaning it up that I have to clean up the mess. It's like, I mean, I am cleaning up the mess. What do you do? Like, suburban neighbors will call you for anything. Oh, they're nosy as fuck. There's no way this fat naked man was not spotted. Exactly. But it keeps going on. Harold, uh, he goes inside. He tries to calm down the, like himself and says to the man that, like, you know, oh, hey, praise God for the grass. And that the lawnmower man really loved that. He was like, let me use that. I might get a promotion. Talks about the boss. And here's another, like, hint of mythology where he says, like, Pan's the boss. Yeah. Again, my mythology is a little off. Pan was a Celtic, uh, European, I think. He was the the goat person. Yeah, satyr, basically. Yeah. Actually, I was waiting for you to bring this up because um, you're talking about H.P. Lovecraft and how there's Lovecraftian uh, veins running throughout this short story series. But The Great God Pan was a short story by Arthur Mackin. Uh, where, which, in which Lovecraft actually pulled a lot of his stuff from. So it goes even farther back <laughs> than, than Lovecraft. Um, are you familiar with Arthur Mackin? Uh, I am not, but now, uh, what, what's the, the Great God Pan? It's literally called The Great God Pan. Uh, if I remember correctly, um... It's a novella, and it's about this woman who gets, like, put into this experiment where she could see, like, a supernatural world, almost like from beyond. Like, a lot of stuff uh, from H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond, I, I feel like, was pulled from this. Anyway, she, she's in this supernatural world where she can see, you know, this, this different 
plane, um, and she's basically coerced by the great god Pan to kill herself, and she ends up being um, this you know supernatural entity. It's 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 a wild fucking story for sure. Yeah, as as the lawnmower man's walking back to the lawnmower, about to do his job and go into the front yard because he's only been doing the backyard so far. So you can imagine the neighbor <laughs> scene. <laughs> I didn't even fin- I didn't even do the front yard yet, there, kiddo. I hope there's more moles there to eat. <laughs> So as he's walking away, Harold notices that his feet look clothed. Um, it's kind of described like a big slit between the big toe and the rest of the feet. Um, as he's walking away, to kind of hint that he's a what did you say, Sean? A satyr? Oh, satyr! I was going to ask about that. You know, and if you don't know what a satyr is, it's like typically it's like a, a fat dude that's balding with sometimes horns on their head and they have goat feet. There's just think of Philatides, the Danny DeVito character from Hercules. Yes. Or uh, just look a pan. Usually you could see them with the uh, pan flute, but those are satyrs. They're actually um, seductors in mythology, I'm pretty sure. I believe so, hence the whole flute thing. Yeah. Well, who can resist a big fat dude with grass stains in his teeth? Yeah. <laughs> you think he's got that giant goat dong, dude. He's ready to fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's got that massive dong. It's Danny DeVito, <laughs> of course. The great, the great dong pan. Yeah, pan dong. Unfortunately, we don't see a big goat dong. No, it's covered up by that basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost over. So again, like I said, nine pages. <laughs> uh, Harold, he he goes into the house. He's going to call the cops, and he's like trying to figure out like what exactly to say. And he's like, "I'm going to call for a decent exposure." And the cops are like, can you see his genitals? It's like, what, <laughs> does that matter? Like, yeah. clearly, yeah, like, there's a guy naked mowing my lawn. Like, that's, you don't need much more than that. Hey, buddy, can you describe it to me? What's, what's it look like? Like, can you go into detail? Like, imagine that if you, like, hired landscapers and they all came over naked and were just out there, like, blowing your leaves and mowing the lawn and, like, trimming the hedges. Oh, yeah, totally. I just think it's like, the cops want an erotic fucking phone call. Like, yeah, tell me about it. I'm cranking it in my office. Oh, yeah. That would be Kaminsky for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, who needs a Zagnut when I get a call like this, baby? Ah, uh, describe his ass cheeks glistening in the sun. Wait, was he thinking about Norm's ass? He can't get the image out of his mind? <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to that uh, A Gnome Named Norm episode. He's got that fetish for fucking weird uh, 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 mythical creature ass, dude. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, he does. Speaking of uh, weird imagery, um, so Harold's calling the cops, and as he's calling the cops, the lawnmower gets like louder and louder and realizes like it's entering his house. And then here comes our satyr lawnmower man, big giant pot belly, grass stains all over his mouth and chest and everything he's twirling a baseball cap and he's like you shouldn't have done that buddy you should have stayed where god blessed the grass what is that supposed to mean i don't know but that's what harold says um when he was trying to calm down uh the satyr like calm down himself Mm -hmm. uh when he woke up from his faint and the the satyr lawnmower man like really loved that line talking about how he might get a promotion if he puts that in like like it's a quote or a Yelp review or something. Yeah. Um. According to the short story, it's referencing some kind of folk song that his wife was uh was, was either listening to or writing. Oh. So the lawnmower is chasing like this is where the the movie came in where like the lawnmower is now chasing Harold around the house and he's trying to get away. He runs through the backyard and the lawnmower kind of flies out from the the porch to get him right and then and then it gets him um 
at some point in the short story, uh, the lawnmower man talks about how, like, you know, many people don't really understand our, our methods, but, you know, we got the job done, but sometimes <laughs> a sacrifice is in order. It's like, this is the weirdest landscaper ever. Yeah. <laughs> you might get murdered, but we're cheap. And you'll get a really nice cut grass. Roll the dice. I'll fucking, I, you know what? We don't even bag it up. No bags on the front lawn. We just eat the shit. We'll cut your lawn and we'll uh, give you a haircut. Yeah. And uh, this scene does kind of happen in the movie mm-hmm. uh, where the lawnmower chases the the drunk asshole dad that's uh, Pierce Brosnan's uh, neighbor mm-hmm. and it flies off the fucking back uh, porch and hits him like in the face and kills him off screen. It's a great scene. Uh, so a- yeah, after he dies in the movie, uh, the cops come and again, there's like, oh, there's pieces of them all over the place. They found, you know, they found his head in a bird bath or some shit. But like, it, 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 again, like it's such a weird thing to pull from the novel when you have this incredibly different story. It's like, oh, one one lawnmower kill. Uh, okay. Uh, wasn't it adopted from like an older script or something? That I don't know. It would not surprise me. Like, I think I was reading somewhere where like the Lawnmower Man movie was like an old script, like Cyber Man or something. And they just added the Stephen King lawnmower bit to try and, you know, get his name and, and get like name recognition in there. Right. I mean, they work it in pretty well as far as combining the name uh, into that story for the film. But like it... <sighs> Again, like nothing to fucking do with the with the novel or the uh, short story. It really doesn't. Um, there was a significance with the birdbath, though. Is that uh, that talk about sacrifice? The lawnmower man mentions, um, like, since he called the police, since Harold called the cops, the lawnmower man is saying, like, well, it looks like we need a sacrifice. The birdbath would be just perfect, and mentions like getting a butcher knife to do it instead of the lawnmower because the lawnmower is more messy. Um, so the whole birdbath reference is actually like more on point where the movie makes it sound like, oh, there's bodies, parts of him everywhere, including the birdbath. In the short story, it's implied that uh, Harold was uh, sacrificed at the birdbath. It's weird that you say that, too, because like I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. But I was, uh, you know, I'm into like 14 shit and all that kind of stuff. But like there was uh, there was a story that I had heard or read uh, where this woman had a portal to another dimension through her bird bath. So I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> I just thought about that. It is interesting. Um, yeah, the bird bath, like for some reason, there's a weird fixation on that uh, in the beginning too, where like the lawnmower man folded his clothes and put it on the bird bath, which was empty and dry at the time. So there was like a, like for a nine page short story, there's a lot of foreshadowing with the bird bath. Yeah. And now it's uh, filled with Harold's blood and his guts, I guess. His eyeballs, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's weirder is that, like, when the cops show up, they're very indifferent about the whole thing. They're like, uh, yeah, he called about a naked guy, and the neighbors thought it was him, Harold, that was naked in the lawn. Uh, it was just, you know, a, hump- a whole bunch of schizos and psychos and sex maniacs walking around here. It's crazy. <laughs> In the middle of the suburbs. In the middle of a main suburbs. Well, Stephen King's main suburbs. Yeah, there would be a lot of sex maniac psychos everywhere. And well, it's true. Yeah, and one killer rabid dog. And yeah, oh yeah, all that, all that cough syrup and cocaine. That'll that that does it, man. A clown in a sewer drain. It's, it, you know, it's just a dangerous area. <laughs> yeah, vampires in the in the mansion on the hill there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So the the story ends with one of the cops saying. I, I can't find um, an origin to this line. This is just a weird king quirk. Uh, the cop says, um, 
I'm going I'm to read the, the last line here. Uh, Goodwin, one of the cops, looked out over Harold Parkett's neatly manicured lawn. Well, like the man said when he saw the black-haired Swede, it surely is a Norse of a different color. I don't know what the hell that means. I'm assuming, like, there's not a lot of Swedish people with black hair and a Norse of a different color. Like, this is, like, the worst dad joke ever because there's no... Yeah. <laughs> I, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess what he's, I get what he's saying. Like, oh, so, you know, same shit, you know, we see this kind of shit all the time except this one's a little bit weirder, you know? Yeah, it's... It was very, uh, like you said, cocaine cough syrup. <laughs> yeah. King just had to end the story. and He was like, yeah, what, who cares? Whatever. <laughs> I heard this at the grocery store. <laughs> Some guy said it. I'll just put it in there because it's dumb. Pro- like That's probably maybe a thing. The whole the whole short story collection has a very um, um, loose, uh, like writing down whatever came to mind feeling to it. Um, right. That was that was a lot of early King. I got to make a buck. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these stories, like, I was going to chalk this whole collection up as, like, one of the worst King books I've read until I read, like, a couple of uh, of other ones at the end that kind of hadn't made me cry since I read Cujo. Like, they were really good. Like, it showed to me one of the reasons I like King so much is that I think he really does have the chops to write that whole, like, great American novel of the American experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except he wants to, like, put wackadoo monsters in sewers and rabid dogs and satyr lawnmower men into the mix <laughs> i think that's why it holds up that's i think that's why it's so great though no yeah um there is a bit of like pseudo um socio-political stuff because harold is described in the book as like this uh very diehard republican paying people to work for him uh all the menial jobs because he looks down at a lot of menial jobs a lot of uh union workers uh, he hates his neighbors who are described as like lifelong Democrats or whatever. And then here's Harold who one, I don't know if he can even mow his own lawn. Like he knows anything about landscaping or just refuses to. And he wants to be like a big wall street executive, like described in the book, worshiping them like demigods, but he doesn't even understand the abbreviations for some of the stock market, uh, uh, companies. So there, like, there's a little bit stuff to break down there. There is, um, a couple other like, socio stuff um in the other short story collections like graveyard shift there's a heavy emphasis on uh on workers being um mistreated by their bosses and stuff like that oh big time yeah that's a great one too oh yeah that's that's a good one um i love the rat mon- there's another thing like king has like this this uh somewhat uh socio-political idea but then he wants to put like rat and bat monsters in the mix too <laughs> And they're fucking cool, man. And uh, they are. I'm a big fan of the Graveyard Shift movie too. I've seen it once. I just, I just remember that bat monster looked really cool. Yeah, it's like a giant rat bat. It's it's really neat. And in the in the short story, there's like a ton of them, right? Like smaller ones. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like the further they go down to like the sawmill, the more like crazy and bigger they all get. Oh man, I love that idea. So that is. Lawnmower Man, uh, like I said, a nine-page short story originally published in Cavalier, but it can be found easier on Night Shift. Joe and Sean, you guys talked about like wanting to do a short film version of it. Yeah, I would love to. So, good news and bad news. Uh, there is a short film version that can be found on YouTube. It's about twelve minute long. Twelve minutes long. Oh. Um, it was 
directed as a student film by Michael D. Luca, who was a producer. Uh, he worked on New Line Cinema and DreamWorks. He's responsible for uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't he produce uh, Army of Darkness as well? I don't know about Army of Darkness. Uh, I have his credits listed here. He produced. Uh, he wrote uh, in the Mouth of Madness that John Carpenter directed. Ah! Oh, mm-hmm. he redeemed himself. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3 is great, by the way. Just side note. I haven't seen it in such a long time. I really don't remember it. Uh, he also wrote for Star Trek Voyager. Um, he was on the helm of a couple production companies, so he's responsible partially for like Blade, Austin Powers, American History X. But as he was when he was a film student, he got the rights from King to do a 12-minute short of Lawnmower Man. Um Back in the 80s, I think, which was around the same time that Marvel Comics had a very short-lived comic book line called Bizarre Adventures, which were trying to kind of cash in on the underground comics movement because a lot of the stories are either adapted pulp stories and the art style is very much that like blocky black and white uh, styling you found in like the old Ninja Turtle comics or or, um, gotcha or like the uh, the old 90s. like, yeah, the old 90s underground comics. And they did actually adapt Lawnmower Man in one of their issues. Oh, that's awesome. I ended up buying a copy uh, today, so I'm waiting for that to come in the mail. Oh, that's sick. I did find some scanned copies. Um, they actually gave the Lawnmower Man a name uh, named Karis. There was a weird panel in the comic where, like, they showed the guy had, like, really, like, human feet. But then as he's walking away... In that scene, when it's described that his feet look cloved, that's when the off the artist decided to give him cloved feet. Gotcha. I love the idea of like the clove happening, like going up the middle of his foot, like a almost like a flip flop, but then like being sort of discolored but having toes on the ends. That's weird. That would be a cool image. Um, Michael DeLuca, his film though. One, it actually lifted the Karis name that was in the comic into the film. So it was a like a combination of both adapting the short story and the comic, which I thought was neat. That is kind of neat. In that film, they gave him just regular clothed feet. Um, they also, uh, they, because it's a short student film, it obviously could not be like, the guy's naked, but like you can see that like they cleverly like try to hide all of like, like he's clearly wearing pants, but they block it with like camera angles and like a chair at one point, right? To show that like yeah, he's clothed. So, turns out, uh, King, he has a collection of short stories that people can adapt, um, for like student films or film festivals as like part of a resume. Oh, the dollar, the dollar baby, right? The dollar babies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say good news, we could make a lawnmower man movie, <laughs> but unfortunately, the rights have been bought. Which is why that whole lawsuit happened with the Lawnmower Man movie. Gotcha. So we cannot do that one. But you can look at King's website. There are still about 12 stories listed on there, all of them short, that we can all buy the film rights to for a dollar. The caveat is that they can't be sold for profit. They can only be used as either a resume or um, like some kind of film school project. Right. See, I would love to do that. I, I've known about that for a long time, and um, that's kind of on on the bucket list. I would love. I would love to. I would love to do that. I would too. There's a there's a couple short stories from Night Shift that are available. Uh, one of them was um, the Man Who Bought Flowers, which 
is one of the better stories in the collection because it's it's very much like it's, it's like a twist ending um so i'm not going to give too much detail about it um other than a man buys flowers that definitely happens <laughs> <laughs> what you don't say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah uh looking up lawnmower man surprisingly has a rich history for such a short story uh turned into a comic book by marvel then turned to a short film by someone who went off to work on other projects afterwards and then became a movie and then part of a lawsuit and then a sequel to that movie and then a video game and, and all this stuff. Yeah, we talk we talk about a little bit about the video game and, and Connor's kind of uh, history with it. <laughs> We've got to stream that uh, soon. That would be hilarious to play that fucking piece of shit. Yeah, we did talk about that. You're right, because it's that whole thing where it's pulling from that scene where in the movie when he kills uh, that bully. Yes. And he's like, oh, the lawnmower man is in your mind now. And it shows like that CGI lawnmower <laughs> going over the brain. Yeah, I think Connor said that was like the loose screen. If you go back and listen to the episode, he talks about that. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should circle back around on that. That and we got to get back with Tony. Uh, from Hack the Movies on that Pumpkinhead 2 game. We got to do that. Yeah, we got to do some Blood Wings, baby. I can only imagine what that one's like. <laughs> it's like a point-and-click uh, kind of adventure thing. I'm working on uh, a project right now, um, another video game, but like a good one. Um, I'm working on the Resident Evil for my YouTube channel uh, with the video game novelization, and that, too, also has a strangely rich history. Uh not not as uh, extensive, I think, as Lawnmower Man, though. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. So how are you doing this? Are you comparing it to the video game, or are you taking like the book and comparing it to the movie? Uh, comparing it to the book and the video game. Uh, oh, cool. It's the novelization to the video game, but there is a novelization to the first movie. Huh. Yeah, I read the... Uh, who who wrote that? Because I think I read the first one, like, God, probably 15 years ago her name is uh sd perry she's the she's the daughter of steve perry not the singer of journey <laughs> so which steve perry don't leave us hanging like that steve perry the sci-fi author uh oh. both of them have collaborated with a lot of uh uh movie tie-in novels mostly the alien series and star trek oh yes 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 um and she through um being friends with a um a producer working with simon and schuster she got uh offered to do the resident evil books and she ended up like really loving them because she was a fan of the games to begin with and it all went from there and uh i don't have my notes for the rest of that story but i'm gonna include them all in an episode uh so look out for that yeah don't spoil it here little self-insert promotion here yes mm. well you know it's kind of funny because we're doing uh this video game month and we revisited uh lawnmower man which i guess the book, really not anything to do with video games, but the movie, kind of, with the VR shit. It has its own video game. Yeah, yeah. And it did have a sequel. And it had a sequel, but also, like, it's kind of funny just the uh, timing on that, CB, that you're now doing your uh, RE Resident Evil uh, episode in the same month. So that's uh, kind of cool. It's really cool. It's a good coincidence because I originally had Resident Evil slated for last year. Oh. But I got uh, I got deployed again this time to build field hospitals for COVID. Um, so I'm just trying to get this project set up before I get called in again for something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I got a lot of B-roll footage of me running around the mansion cause I didn't know where the freaking key was. <laughs> That's awesome. It's PlayStation one graphics, man. I can't see anything. Oh, oh man. God. 
Everything's blocky. It's it's a great time though. Oh, I'm having I'm having a blast playing it. Um, that that first book, that umbrella consp- the umbrella conspiracy, is that the book you're doing? Yeah, that's the one. Ah, that's it. I remember that being like really great, and I enjoyed the hell out of that uh, when I was a kid because it was so close to the, to the uh, to the game. See, I read it years ago as a kid because I was too scared to play the game. <laughs> For all my love of horror and Stephen King and and just gross, gory stuff and movies, horror games, as much as I love them in concept, I can't play them because I get scared. Oh, you should play Alien Isolation, man. That That's a good one for you. <laughs> you want to talk about getting scared shitless? I read the book as a teen because I didn't have PlayStation and my parents wouldn't let me buy the the N64 version of it. So I was like, well, I guess I'm reading the book so I at least know what the fuck everyone's talking about on these forums. <laughs> <laughs> There's extreme violence and gore. You can't see this. Yeah. And then I played the DS version years later, which was actually a very good port. Yeah. That 64 port for two is fucking trash. No, I never played it. The sad thing is that the only way to play uh, RE1 now that isn't the remake is through the playstation 3 playstation uh store unless you have like uh you know an emulator or something well i still have a ps1 (laughs) (laughs) and the original disc (laughs) okay so you you could play the original yeah i think the uh if you can get your hands on a uh mini ps or whatever they call that ps1 mini they might have put it on there actually i wouldn't be surprised that was such a big game for that for that console also if you can find a ps2 i think that that still plays the ps1 discs as well you can play it on there yeah i do have a, a playstation 2 um and i do have like one or two ps1 games i think i have the first uh, tony hawk but i don't know like Trying to buy PlayStation One games like that's a collector's that's a, that's an expensive thing and I couldn't really do that for uh, for the show. No, totally. Because uh, unfortunately, I don't have a, a Patreon or anything, and I would. Be... <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. You should you should hook that up, man. I should try, but then like I can't even keep up my own schedule because stuff gets in the way. So I can't promise early access to anything. Sure. No, but you can. But you can give an outlet for people who want to support you in a financial way if they're so inclined. You know what I mean? See, I would do that, Joe, but my self-esteem tells me that no, just keep making stuff. It's okay. Well, I'm telling you no, goddammit. <laughs> Try to get paid for it if you can. We're here for you. We're all in this together. <laughs> um, Speaking of, CB, mm-hmm. where can people find you on the internet? They can find me uh, usually on YouTube, c.b.smith. Uh, I have a show there called Taking a Page, though because I was on deployment, uh, the only thing that's up there recently are a bunch of book vlogs that i was making in a hotel room so the audio is crap (laughs) but it was it was a fun little thing to do um but as we were talking about the next project is big uh talking about resident evil the novelization to the first game um there's instagram and twitter um i'm on there occasionally um and you guys i occasionally pop in here and talk about a book to the movie yeah I'm, I'm psyched for that resident evil can't wait same thanks for coming on and chatting about uh the lawnmower man novel that has nothing to do with the movie at all <laughs> um i'm glad we got to talk about it i'm i'm glad to come back here um it's good to be back home uh feeling a little bit normal um it's been a, it's been a crazy year uh crazy new year too um 
here's the hoping that you know things will turn out better in the future. Absolutely, and hopefully, hopefully, get some more time because we because because we got some more uh, we got some more adaptions or or original novels that became adaptions to films to to cover. So strap in. This is gonna be good. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> and yeah, that's the that's the uh, Lawnmower Man book to the movie. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. And I'm C.B. Smith. Now make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> make like a lawnmower and go get cut. <laughs> make like the big red machine and get out of here. Big red. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. Now why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Thank you.